Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the show, and today we're going to talk about the importance of marketing strategy. In the earlier show, we talked about the importance of marketing and testing things and making sure that we're actually doing what people want from us. Now, we're going to talk about more of the strategies to actually hook people in so that they will, will start buying and continue buying with continued relationships. And today, to speak on that topic, I have, from Kinetics Media, Paula Scaper. Hi, Michael. How's it going? Good. It's going good. Yeah. So, I've, I've, I've actually got to sit and watch you work out some of the marketing strategies um, for, for some really cool people in, in, the, in the area. And um, what, what makes strategy more important than the tactics of like people have these old quirky tactics that they pull off what makes a strategy more important have you ever been in a canoe yeah all right do you remember when you were first learning yeah i went in the circles and it could go straight right. so the tactic of a canoe is to take the paddle put it in the water and row right but anybody who's ever been canoeing you imagine just a bunch of grade two students learning first time. You put them in that boat. They're all throwing their paddles in the water, but they're going in different directions. They're not at the same time. They're not on the right side of the boat. And what happens? You go in circles and you get nowhere. The same thing happens with our marketing tactics. So we can be doing the right things, but if we don't have all the paddles in the boat rowing in the same direction at the same rhythm at the same time, we're going nowhere. And a lot of small businesses, that's what happens. They have somebody doing SEO. They have somebody else doing social media. They've got somebody else doing email. They've got somebody else doing ads and print. And none of those people are talking to each other. Even worse, none of those people often are talking to the owner of the business about what they need to achieve with whatever marketing program that they're delivering. 
And so we get hung up on things like vanity metrics. How about how many likes did I get? How many thumbs up did I get on Facebook? How many you know, followers do I have? Those are all vanity metrics that do absolutely nothing to move the bottom line for the business owner. So if my likes don't cause, cause my bottom line to, to look good or be what it's supposed to be, then what does? It's about having the right audience. So you can have 100,000 people on your list. And, and if your list is, is your, your product is I'm trying to sell ice makers. Mm-hmm. Well, if 99 out of those 100,000 people that are on your list happen to live in Tukti they're not real worried about making ice. So they don't need an ice maker. It's really about targeting the audience that has a need for what you offer, has the money to pay for what you offer, and values it enough that they're willing to part with their money because of, because of the benefits of what you offer. And so it comes down to targeting and, and effectively targeting that group of people. And your strategy is what makes sure that when you go out to execute your tactics, that you're going out with the message that, that is going to reach the right person. Okay. So... I, I like how you tackled that little adage that, that, that is our expert sales team can sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> One, that, that I'm assuming that would be very short term. And two, um, would be ineffective because they were tackling the totally wrong audience. It could be. It, it absolutely could be. I, I mean, we could go a million ways with the ice mm-hmm. to an Eskimo if we've got global warming. You know, what's the quality of the water? If, if we wanted to sell ice to, the, to, to, to somebody who was up north, we would go about it in a very different way than if we wanted to sell ice to somebody who's living in Arizona in the middle of the desert. Right? Mm-hmm. They, have, they have different, different needs. They have different perceptions. They have different environments. And so what we do when we're developing strategy with a client, the first thing is to really understand who their customer is. Uh, we understand their product, and then we want to understand who their customer is and find out where the fit is between the customer and the product. And that's why you can have two companies that sell essentially the same thing, but to very different audiences. Um, cars are a great way to think about this. Right? Some people are Lexus people. Some right. people are BMW people. Some people are Volkswagen Golf people. Right? And what differentiates you in terms of the vehicle that you drive has nothing to do with the utility of the car. Right. I remember uh, my economics professor my first year at university used vehicles as a way of describing economics to us and how ec- economics impacts the, um, the overall health of the economy and the segmentation. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference that perceived value has economically between um, two different products. When you, when you come right down to it, all a car is, is four tires on an axle attached to an engine. And the sole purpose of a car is to get you from point A to point B faster than if you were walking or riding your bike. That is what a car does for you. <laughs> it's pretty. It, that's pretty interesting because it, the 
the uh, car was actually created. Uh, a husband created the car for his wife so she could get from point A to point B faster, easier, and cleaner. <laughs> there you go. And that <laughs> and that's, is what a car, and car still does that till today, right? Right. You know, there are differences. You know, you might need to move equipment, so you need, you mm -hmm. know, you want to move you and your equipment. But in any type of vehicle, really, there is a huge range. You could buy a used Taurus for $2,000 for your family car. You could buy, you know, a Porsche Cayenne, and that, that could be your family car. <laughs> what makes those different? What makes those unique, right? It's not the utility of the product. It's other things about the product that have been crafted specifically to appeal to a very specific segment of the market. Right. Right. Those are the soft benefits, the soft benefits of what, whatever it is. Um, and that is typically what we buy. We buy emotionally. Happiness Radio is Depictions Media version of the infomercial. The infomercial is a radio show designed specifically to promote your product and services. Happiness Radio is a 20-minute structured interview. The structure is designed to hype your product and services. We are actually going to record specific things around what it is that caused you to build your product, what inspired you in the community, and we're going to speak about specific features that your product has that solves problems for people in our community. We will record this interview with you or your spokesperson around the product and features. We will record the story and why it was recreated and we're going to mix in testimonials of people who are absolutely thrilled with how your product works. It is 20 minutes of why your product is the best thing out there for the people to use. Welcome to the Balanced Living Show. We're going to reboot this show with Michael, myself, and Diane Hume, NLP coach and practitioner at Dream Receivers Academy. We want to teach people to live better, be better, dream better, and achieve their dreams. We'll be looking for you as the audience and sponsors as well as guests to help teach lessons of how we can live and dream big and be the best people that we possibly can. Thank you for joining us and be sure to listen to each and every episode. The, 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 uh, the features of the car, in this case, actually... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lead back to the emotions behind what it is that the emotions behind why the, uh, the, the person is buying the particular car they're buying. Is that right? Absolutely. So that applies to any product that we're buying. Um, yeah, absolutely. Every product that we buy, we, we make decisions emotionally as human beings. And we all do. We mm-hmm. absolutely all do. Most women have how many pairs of black pants? in their closet. Yeah, I know my wife has at least five, six pair right. of black pants, yeah. I've got my I want to feel professional, go to work black pants. I've got my casual, it's the weekend and I'm in my jeans black pants. I've got my gotta dress funky black pants. I've got my backup work black pants. I mean, realistically, how many pairs of black pants do you need? One, maybe two, but most mm-hmm. of us have five or six or more. Shoes is another thing. Um, and in today's world, men and women, you know, have a lot of shoes, right? My daughter's boyfriend has a ton of shoes. How many pairs of shoes can you wear on your feet at one time? Of course, it's only one pair, right? So how many pairs of shoes do we really need? Well, essentially... <laughs> But <laughs> workout shoes, neutral pair of dress shoes, casual pair of walking shoes, mm-hmm. maybe a pair of winter boots. Got most things handled. Right. Every other pair we buy, we buy because of how they make us feel, not because we need something to cover our feet while we walk. Every other pair of black pants we buy because of how they make us feel, not because we need something to cover our bodies when we leave the house. Everything that we purchase, we purchase in part because of how it makes us feel. And that happens in business as well. In, in business, even when we're making a purchasing decision in business, our emotions come into play. But we're told that we're supposed to do business without emotion. Uh-huh. I see. <laughs> <laughs> So, because we're uh, on a serious note, uh, uh, because we're human beings, we we can't do anything without applying some emotion to it. Absolutely, and it's a fabulous thing that we do apply emotion to mm-hmm. to the things that we do and the decisions that we make. Emotion is what differentiates us from the machines. Emotion is what allows us to make the humanitarians to make the humanitarian decision when logic might dictate something else. Emotion is what allows us to be able to look at the long-term consequences of the decisions we're making today and make a choice to suffer short-term pain because we know that long-term it's going to be better for us, for our society, for our community, for our environment. Emotion's a very powerful tool. We think we're making logical decisions, but the truth is um, psychologists have studied how, we, how the decision-making process works, and the decision is made emotionally. And then we use logic 
to verify, justify, and rationalize the decision that we've made. Okay. So when you're putting it together, a strategy for somebody over a product mm -hmm. or a service, first you want to tackle that emotion? Second, you want to tackle that emotion. First, you want to know who your customer is. Who's the customer you're trying to reach? Right. Right? Okay. So first is who is the customer? Mm -hmm. Second is what is going to what is the emotion that will cause them to buy the product? Yes, yes. What, what is, what's the pain that they're feeling that they need to resolve? What is the hope that they're nurturing that the product can help them achieve? Um, and, and what are the emotions behind that? And then you craft your strategy combining both of those things. Hmm. Uh, so to give you an example of, of why strategy is important, um, I was speaking with a client uh, recently, and uh, she uh, had been working with a divorce lawyer. And the divorce lawyer had hired somebody to do social media for, for her, and um, all of her social media was happening on Instagram. Okay. Instagram, when you look at the audience, is predominantly weighted towards a younger audience tends to be the majority of people not all of the people but the majority of people on instagram tend to be younger they're earlier in life <clears throat> well when do divorces happen that's a good question when do divorces happen and Especially. when do divorces happen where there are the kind of assets involved and the sticky situations involved that it makes sense to bring a divorce lawyer in to protect your rights, to protect your assets, tends to be more into midlife. Right. Right. Been married for seven years or more. We've maybe bought a, a home together. We've bought a mm -hmm. house together. We've got a couple of children. We can't simply sign some paperwork and, and dissolve this like a business deal. We have to go to Supreme Court. We have to have a maintenance agreement. We have to have... So that's a midlife and older type right. of... Right. That audience doesn't spend as much time on, on Instagram because that audience is busy with children and businesses and jobs and housework. It, when they are on, on social media, they're more likely to be found on Facebook they might actually be found on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is where you'll find a lot of, of professionals who've amassed a certain amount of personal wealth and income. So strategically, if we were talking to a client in that situation, we would be talking to them about Facebook and LinkedIn and discouraging them from spending an inordinate amount of money on Instagram because one, the topic's not a very Instagrammable topic from the sense that it's hard to it's hard to really perceive memes around happy joyful divorce mm -hmm. um, and two the audience on Instagram isn't yet at the light at the stage of life where they're going to have a need so the return on the money spent the return on time spent in Instagram is going to be lower than the return on money return on time invested in one of those other platforms right conversely if I were trying to launch a new makeup brand and my primary audience is a 21-year-old female and I'm putting all my money into Facebook, I have the same problem. 
I'm fishing for salmon in a lake that's full of trout, and the trout aren't interested in salmon bait. So I would, I would then move that more towards an Instagram. Like fashion beauty brands want to be on Instagram. So th- th- that's where the audience, why the audience is important, because mm-hmm. it tells you where it's a good place to put your money and where you're taking a bigger risk with your money. And so you can make better informed decisions about your marketing spend if you're thinking in those terms. Right. Well, that becomes really important when you consider that most of the people listening to the show, they're running a small business. They're not running, they're not working for like um, one of our previous guests. She uh, had worked for Procter & Gamble for a while. It's like those, those guys have, have unlimited budgets essentially, mm-hmm. and on a small business budget, it's like you really got to make every advertising dollar count. It's got to hit. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, Michael, we've worked with, uh, you know, over the 20 years that our agency has been in business, we've worked with multinational corporations, you know, like Procter & Gamble. We've worked with big companies, and we've worked with solopreneurs and everything in between. None of those businesses were happy about throwing money away on their marketing. Every one of them wants every dollar they spend to land and hit. The difference with a Procter & Gamble type of business is that they have a little more discretionary leverage. They can spend a little bit more on a riskier kind of advertisement and see if it sticks. They can afford to experiment mm-hmm. because they've already invested the baseline in you know the things that they know are going to work in the market that they know they're going to hit. With a small business, when you're a solopreneur, the percentage of your money that goes to marketing, first of all, is much higher than if you're Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble is a multi-billion dollar industry. If they spend 1% of a billion dollars mm-hmm. on marketing, you know how much is that? My math is terrible. What's 1% of a billion? A million? Yeah, about that. It's a million dollar budget. Think about if you had a million dollars to spend on marketing for your business, what you could do with it. And it's only 1% of their revenues. Right. If I'm a small business, a solopreneur, I'm maybe doing $200,000, a year in, in gross billings. Mm-hmm. 1% of my revenues would be $2,500. You can't do anything with $2,500. So the small business, the solopreneur, to have a reasonable marketing budget, they're probably investing somewhere in, you know, if, 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 assuming, say, you've got a $250,000 top-line revenue. Mm-hmm. You're probably spending somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to twenty, twenty-two thousand dollars You're spending somewhere around $1,500 a month when you add up all your marketing costs. And some of your readers are probably sitting there going, no, I, I can't and I don't. But when you sit back and you actually start to add up the things that you do to market your business, your marketing costs, that's probably the number that mm-hmm. you're spending if your business is thriving. Right. If you're spending below that, there could be trouble on the horizon. Yeah. Well, one of the things I know a lot of entrepreneurs have trouble figuring out is customer acquisition, and Mm -hmm. that's part of marketing. Yes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Depictions Media Happiness Radio. Happiness Radio is Depictions Media version of the infomercial. The infomercial is a radio show designed specifically to promote your product and services. Happiness Radio is a 20-minute structured interview. The structure is designed to hype your product and services. We are actually going to record specific things around what it is that caused you to build your product, what inspired you in the community, and we're going to speak about specific features that your product has that solves problems for people in our community. We will record this interview with you or your spokesperson around the product and features. We will record the story and why it was created and we're going to mix in testimonials of people who are absolutely thrilled with how your product works. It is 20 minutes of why your product is the best thing out there for the people to use. Welcome to the Balanced Living Show. We're going to reboot this show with Michael, myself, and Diane Hume, NLP coach and practitioner at Dream Receivers Academy. We want to teach people to live better, be better, dream better, and achieve their dreams. We'll be looking for you as the audience and sponsors as well as guests to help teach lessons of how we can live and dream big and be the best people that we possibly can. Thank you for joining us and be sure to listen to each and every episode. Marketing and advertising are not the same thing. Advertising is a component of marketing. Our, our vernacular, we've, we've come to kind of think of those two words as having the same meaning, but they aren't. Mm-hmm. Right? Your, your marketing spend, as a small business, your marketing spend is the money you spend going out to a networking event. It's the money you spend on tables at those events. It is the money that you spend having your business cards printed, having your letterhead designed, having your website built, having your email, you know, your email list, growing your email list, uh, money you spend getting newsletters created and sending mm-hmm. them out. These may be things you're doing yourself, but you still have the technology that you need to do it. You mm-hmm. may have a VA that you're paying to help you with some of those costs. You might be participating in a trade show. You might be designing new labels for your product. If, um, we have some clients that are skincare and, and um, health and beauty products, small makers and manufacturers. They have to create labels. They have to create packaging. They, 
they need to figure out how their shipping boxes look. That is all part of the customer experience and part of the marketing and how are we positioning our product to give the right emotional experience to the customer when they buy from right. us that they're going to come back. Right. So that also becomes, that emotion also becomes important in this case because you're trying to make sure that they, that, that they stay loyal to you. Absolutely. So you have to Absolutely. make them feel good. Yeah. You want your customers to appreciate the experience that you give them and want to repeat that experience, especially today because it is so easy to replicate a product. It is so easy to replicate a service. Right. That the thing that makes you different more than at any other time in history, the thing that makes you different is not going to be something specifically tied to your product or your service. It's much more personal than that in our modern economy. Right. You, um, when you talk, talk about uh, experience and, and, and different, same product, but different people, you, you made me think of coffee and mm -hmm. Starbucks versus Tim Hortons versus um, McDonald's or versus if you're listening to us from the U.S., you don't have Tim Hortons, you have Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> or, you, or you have a cafe. Or do you have a cafe, right? right? And, and the experience is very different. It's, that's a great topic, actually. You couldn't have picked a better one because I have um, a college-age daughter, and our thing is to go to the cafe. So, mm -hmm. And when we do that, that's an experience that we are looking for. So on Monday morning, on my way into work, I might drive through the, the drive through lane at McDonald's because it's convenient and I need a shot of caffeine because I'm a little mm -hmm. tired. Or I might meet a client at Starbucks because it's a known experience and it's halfway right. in between and everybody knows what they're going to get and it's neutral. But on Sunday afternoon, if I'm out with my daughter and we're looking for an experience, we have our favorite cafes that we go to. Right. Right? There's, and, and it's the ambiance of the room. It's the dishes. It's the cutlery. It's the... Um, parking. It's right. the way that the staff behaves. All of mm -hmm. those things become really important because of the experience that we're looking for and that's completely different than what I'm looking for when I'm trying to meet a client somewhere neutral um, that, that is recognizable, easy to find, and everybody knows what they're getting. So very, very, very different. Um, and yet, the product is always coffee. Yeah. I, I know, know a lot of times when I go, I've, I think I've met you a couple times uh, before we, we did it, didn't even real work together. We uh, met you a couple times at a Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I always pick the Starbucks is because I know it's going to be a community feeling. Yes. So it addresses that emotion. But if I'm going to take my wife to out for coffee, I want to make sure that there's some china on the table, maybe right. a fancy dessert or something, right? Yeah. Not just a utilitarian coffee, but something else really cool to go along with it. The experience. The, yeah, the, different experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at Starbucks, it's the, the ambiance of the room is conducive to a productive, effective 
fast-paced business conversation. Whereas at somewhere, um, we're in Vancouver, so there's a place called La Marche on 28th and uh, St. George. And um, there, it's more rustic. And you go there because you want to read for a little while or you want to have some conversation. It's more relaxed. It's more community feeling. You might strike up a conversation with the person next to you. You know, very different. And, and that is marketing. You couldn't put a Starbucks in place of La Marche right. and have the same community passion the community around that business is passionate about that business because it's become a hub of the community but you also couldn't take a business like that and plunk it in the middle of the mall mm -hmm. because you wouldn't get the community rallying around it you would not have the the speed you would, like all of the things that make starbucks effective in the locations that starbucks chooses would also mean that you know, a different kinds. You really, you have to know your audience. Yeah. With with that being said, getting back to like the big names and mm -hmm. them and and them actually keeping an eye on what's going on with their strategies. Um, Starbucks a few years ago bought back a bunch of franchises because the franchise wasn't representing what they had strategized it to be. Mm. And they say, "Oh no, let's take those back, so we can actually put it back to the to the type of community that matches our marketing." Yeah. Big business problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the what's without the, without actually getting into into any of your actual clients? Mm -hmm. um, what was one of your more favorite strategies to work on? I mean, just to, just to nuts mm. and bolts of it. Favorite. Yeah. Wow. Over 20 years, there have been a lot of really fun, exciting projects that, that we've had the opportunity to work on. And the ones that really stand out in my mind, it's the people that were part of the business that really made them worthwhile when we've had the opportunity to come alongside a business owner and roll our sleeves up and get into the trenches with them and see the work that we've done have an impact on their business. That is satisfying. Beyond the profit of being in the business, it's satisfying because you know you've impacted someone's life, someone's future in a really material way. Um, one that comes to mind, we did a, a video for a client that was in the, uh, they, they manufacture construction uh, materials. And family-run business, they would do trade shows all over North America. One of the challenges they had is there was one brother who would go to the trade shows. And when you're at these huge trade shows, as a family-run business, you know, there are people there with massive, I don't know if you've ever been to the Buildex show when it comes here in Vancouver, but oh, these, yeah. right, so these massive, like 12 by 12, 20 by 20 booths with, you know, $50,000 displays, and here you have a family business, and um, you've got one person who's staffing that booth. Well, the minute you have three prospects in the booth at the same time, you've lost two because you can only talk to one person at a time. So what we did is we produced a 
seven minute documentary film about their business where we actually took the viewer from the forest floor um, where they, they use deadfall. So we, we took the viewer from the forest floor through selecting the wood that goes into their product, through the, the wood arriving at the, at the plant, at the mill, being, um, being milled and prepared for shipping, being labeled, the product testing, the security testing, and even to um, how they turn their scrap and unusable wood into hog fuel so that it doesn't get wasted and actually goes to a use and the environmental advantages of that, to finally seeing the product used in construction, being used in, in its final final uh, use. And that video, that film in their trade show, um, we, we had it on a continuous loop in, on the show. So, and there was a space between it. So the, the film would run for seven minutes and then there would be a five minute loop of music. And then the film would run for seven minutes and then there would be a five minute loop of music. And what the music did was it cued the person working in the booth to know that the, the film was about to end. And so they would have seven minutes of conversation while people were watching the film. And as the music was about to end, they were then able to turn the conversation so that they could acknowledge or get a business card. And they did well over, the first show that they used that at, they did seven, over seven figures in sales at wow. the show. And on top of that, before they had that film, people would say, oh, I'd love to work with you. I love this story. I'd like to come and see the mill. I'd like to come and, and visit. I, they wanted to verify. And they got none of those requests because people had already seen the mill. They'd met the people. They'd seen the quality. They knew all the questions that they were going to ask. Um, so it, it, shortened their, it shortened their path to sale. And it improved their conversion rate at the trade show and helped them you know, minimize their staffing cost at the shows for the cost of a video and some television monitors you know, rented, um, rented for the show. So that was one that I look back on and, and I feel good about because of this, the difference, the impact that that made um, for that company. Um, yeah, there, there have been some other ones. We've um, you know, worked with another small business locally to bring uh, more leads. So this is a newer business. They'd been in business for a couple of years and wanted to grow up their business processes and grow up their, their marketing processes. We still work with this company to this day, um, but we worked with them to implement a, a program of sales and marketing automation and targeted to a small business. So a lot of companies you'll hear you know, talking about marketing automation and there are two big lies that the marketing automation industry is telling people. One, they're telling you that you can put your marketing on autopilot, mm -hmm. which is a lie. And two, they're telling you that you have to create copious amounts of content in order to be a viable business in today's world, which mm -hmm. is also a lie. And those two lies are costing small businesses hundreds of thousands of dollars because people are investing in these these really expensive tools believing that the tool is going to do the work for them mm -hmm. and they're they're you know as a small business owner i've got the same 24 hours in the day as anybody else so if i have 38 hours worth of work to do i have a challenge and most small businesses 
most small business owners, they're trying to accomplish 38 hours of work in a 24-hour period. It doesn't work. And so that's a really attractive message. You can put this on autopilot, set it, and forget it. So they buy the software without ever being really truthfully told about the amount of work that's going to be involved in getting it up and running and maintaining it. Mm-hmm. And then they're stuck in a contract for software that they can't afford. They can't, they've got no money left to use. It's like buying a Lamborghini and having no money left for insurance or gas. You're not getting a lot of enjoyment out of your Lamborghini. It's just sitting in your driveway, losing value every day. The other piece is people are told they need copious amounts of content. It's about the quantity of content. Write more content. Create more content. And that's exhausting if you're already packing 38 hours into a 24-hour day and now you've got to write blogs and create videos and do all this on top of it and learn how to use all these tools. And so people feel demotivated. They feel overwhelmed. They feel... Clients come to us and they, they're just... The thought of it is, is exhausting and it feels futile to even try. And so this company was kind of in that place. They knew that they wanted to grow up their marketing They knew that inbound was a really important component for them, their business-to-business company, but they weren't really sure how to do it or what to do. And so what we were able to do was really narrow in and zone in for them and their team strategically on who the client was that would give them the greatest opportunity for growth, Mm -hmm. what that client looked like, and then what kind of content they needed to create for that client. Um, and implement. So the first year we worked very, very closely with them getting the whole system up and running and we implemented a sales and marketing automation system. We trained their team how to use the CRM so that they had better sales tracking. Um, they, They were able to finally see what was happening with their deals and how those were moving through. They had some pretty basic content planning um, and they became a seven-figure business and grew up their marketing and grew up their sophistication. It was quite an involved package. There was video involved in, in content creation. The first year was, was a significant investment, and the owner of the business invested in himself and in his business in the first year, knowing that year two, year three, year four, he would be able to leverage that initial investment mm-hmm. to grow the business. And so as it stands now, we still work with the client, but on a much scaled back level. And uh, they're three years, almost four years into their program where that, that initial investment that they made has continued to grow, um, to grow the business and grow it exponentially. I just uh, spoke to them. They've actually purchased property. So they're moving from leased property into custom-built facility. Um, they're waiting for the build-out to finish as a result of just growing up their processes and, and making the commitment early on. So, I mean, those are very different stories, but those are the kinds of stories that I, that I really love to tell. I mean, there's the awards and the, you know, um, best use of technology, large North American fair that we were able to win for one of our clients. And, and uh, those are fun and satisfying projects as well, the, the kudos. But when you can see the impact that it makes for somebody's business in a really material way, that, that's the payoff for sure. Best advice, that one last little nugget that somebody should, should definitely walk away with, um, and then we'll get your contact info, information on here. Sure. If 
you are a small business or a medium-sized business and you are struggling with your marketing budget and, and struggling with the budget for help, the best investment you can make is to bring someone in to work alongside you strategically to help guide you rather than going out and hiring a gaggle of freelancers and then trying to corral them. Work with someone strategically first so that when you do go out and spend that money with the freelancers, one, you're going to spend less on those freelancers because they'll do the right work the first time and you won't spend money doing work that doesn't need to be done. Um, But two, you'll get a better result from a lower investment because you're going to be making a much more targeted push out into the market. Best way to get a hold of you? Uh, Email or on our website. So our website is Kinetics Media, K-I-N-E-T-I-X-M-E-D-I-A.com. And we have a contact us form there. So you can fill that form in and and that will come to me. Um, Or you can uh, email me, uh, peacekeeper at kineticsmedia.com. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. I just need to know Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.